Welcome to Magic Monday, where I explore all things magical, mystical, and metaphysical. I'm Jessica Dewberry, psychic and visionary of Miss J. Do Intuitive. Thank you for joining. Hi, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of Magic Monday. I hope this Monday is treating you well and that you've taken a moment to celebrate today, which is Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. He was an extraordinary spirit and extremely instrumental, you know, in just bettering um, many things for our society. So, all right, we're just going to jump right into today's topic, which is all about meditation, Um, some of the different types, the benefits, and how I use them in my spiritual practice. And later on, our guest, Catherine Lorraine, who's well-versed in meditation, will be popping in to share her insights. So I was reading a book excerpt recently written by Dinah Proctor called Madly Chasing Peace, How I Went from Hell to Happy in Nine Minutes a Day. The excerpt focused on her three-by-three method, which is the nine-minute-per-day indigenous healing meditation she created, um, which helped her overcome you know, her suicidal addiction to alcohol and later her high cholesterol issue. So for the book, she had an interview with a cell biologist named um, Dr. Bruce Lipton, who said something about meditation that I really love. And I'm going to paraphrase here. And of course, he was talking specifically about Proctor's meditations and how they worked for her. But he said that for the average person, the unconscious mind drives about 95 percent of our actions and the conscious mind about 5 percent. The subconscious is like a recorder playing old programs that trigger our reactions and our decisions. But meditation, he says, has the power to break that norm because it consistently disrupts the tape running on repeat. And it is so true. So there are many things that can be accomplished through meditation, such as just being more present and therefore practicing more mindfulness and appreciation. You know, through meditation, you can learn the art of neutrality. And by that, I mean um, just halting the momentum of your thoughts, your ideas, or your emotions in any one direction. Meditation is great for raising your vibration. And since we're all energy and vibrate at a certain frequency, we naturally feel lighter and freer when we raise that frequency. And the higher that frequency, the more open and confident and clear-minded we are, and the more we are able to strengthen our connection to our higher selves or inner beings and develop our psychic abilities. We all have them. You know, whether or not we are spiritual teachers or offer psychic or spiritual services to others, that, you know, it just really doesn't matter. But developing them can help you in general better navigate and understand your life. Um, Meditation also helps in reprogramming the subconscious mind, which is huge. If you can adjust and rework what's going on in your subconscious, you can do anything. And, you know, not to forget that meditation has the ability to regenerate and heal the body, our cells, chronic ailments and diseases. So what is meditation, right? So first and foremost, it's quieting the mind. 
Um, but that can be difficult for those who've yet to make meditation a habit. If you're new to it, then quieting your mind may first require that you use something, you know, so like an object or sound in your environment as your still point. Um, before I even realized I was attempting to meditate, I would just try my best to be present while doing certain tasks like washing the dishes or drawing a picture. Then it started to flip for me and I began going to the picture, you know, so drawing the picture, for example, as a way to give my full focus to something other than what I was thinking about. And I remember once I spent all day with this rose bush. So I was pruning it and it was my first time doing so. Um, and I was being extremely careful in sculpting the branches. But for, for those hours, it was just all about the bush and it had my complete attention and focus. And when I went to bed that night, I realized, you know, first just how much better I felt. And in, I, in hindsight, I can see that not only did did that time help quiet my mind and make me feel better? It did two other things. It helped raise my vibration because nature will do that. Um, and that laser focus I gave to the plant resulted in me seeing its energy. So seeing its imprint in my dream that night. Um, and this was long before I was consciously connecting to other energies. So I woke up the following morning thinking, you know, just like, wow. Like that was really something. So again, meditation is quieting the mind, but it's also about regulating and paying attention to your breathing, which is something that um, something that helps, you know, with turning off the thoughts. Your breath can be the thing you focus on to begin meditating. And you can even count during this time or repeat a mantra or affirmation. But um, taking full deep breaths, you know, just regulates your heart rate, sends oxygen to your cells, relaxes you, relieves stress, tension, pain. So imagine focusing on your breath this way while repeating healing words to a specific area of your body or concentrating on an image of something within your body being healed. This is essentially all Proctor did to balance out her cholesterol levels. So while I'm meditating and even thereafter, because now it's so such an automatic thing for me, you know, I'm on and off in a state of meditation throughout the day and I can literally feel the breath moving through my body, especially as it reaches my knees and moves down my shins and calves and into and through my feet. You know, it is just really this amazing grounding feeling and indication that energy is, you know, well, just moving through me. Um, clearly. And, you know, during a reading, if I, if I am to pick up certain energy from a client, specifically an emotion attached to something for them, I will quickly breathe it through me and run it into the ground as a way not to hold onto that that isn't mine. So this is not something that I typically bring up, right, at the time it's happening. But clients have often commented after after I do this, you know, that they just feel so much lighter and freer. So it becomes a beneficial thing for the both of us. But there are different types of meditations I use at different times and have used far um, before I even knew that they had names. And that's the thing about meditation. We just naturally know how to do it if we allow ourselves to, right? Um, but of course, living in, you know, our society, which is all 
crazy and rushed sometimes, most of the time. The norm has not yet returned to just stopping where, where you are, you know, where we are when we are feeling tense or negative emotion and allowing ourselves to breathe deeply um, so we can regain a sense of groundedness and well-being. And it seems that even when we do know to do this, we have, we have to work at it a little more than we did, say, 100 years ago. And I say that because I was watching a short film, like this short video that came across my Facebook feed. This man who worked, um, I believe he was an engineer or, or an electrician, was grounding, he was grounding lines of electricity in interior spaces. And he had an epiphany, one that changed his life. He realized that with the invention of the shoe, particularly the shoes with rubber soles that we wear, um, we gave up many opportunities we previously had that were just a part of our lifestyle and every day-to-day routine to just walk on the earth, barefoot on the grass, connect in with the earth and allow the energy of our planet to revitalize us. So he did a number of experiments and contacted colleges, you know, and of course people, people thought he was nuts at first, but eventually they couldn't ignore his evidence. Um, The thing is that when we're walking around, I mean, you know, we are, we're walking around a good number of us, most of us, you know, almost all of us without our grounding cord and without understanding why it's so important to have one. Um, But the good news about that is that we, all we have to do is reclaim it and activate it. And meditation can definitely take, take care of that. Um, Okay, but now for some of the different types of meditations, I first want to talk about mindfulness meditation. Um, Mindfulness as a meditation is a part of the Buddhist um, tradition. So sati, and I hope I'm saying that right, um, which is a Buddhist term actually translates into the word mindfulness. There's, you know, a lot more to it than what I previously mentioned when simply just talking about mindfulness. Um, As a meditation, there is a posture involved. So one would just sit with their eyes closed, legs crossed, back straight, while focusing on their breathing. When when thoughts um, pop up, you simply observe them and return to focusing, you know, on your breathing. I actually do a form of this while driving. Of course, you know, my eyes are open and I'm not in the right position, but most of my focus is on my breath. It it really just um, alleviates any anxiety I might feel about navigating the road or arriving to my destination on time or about traffic or running out of gas or whatever, you know? So this is also similar to the meditation I do while taking long walks, especially if I'm wrapped up in my thoughts about something. Um, But I learned recently there is actually a type of meditation called the walking meditation, which is really a sort um, sort of break that happens during what's called Zazen meditation, which is a, a longer kind of meditation. So the structure for the walking meditation, though, is that people walk clockwise around a room um, while one hand covers the other, which is balled up like a fist. And every step that's taken, you know, it's taken after a breath. So I mentioned Zazen meditation, and I'll talk about that one now. Now, this one, I 
use only briefly and only sometimes before client calls. And although it's supposedly like one of the easiest to do because it's self-guided, I find it's one of the hardest to do because the aim is to completely clear your mind from all thoughts, images, and ideas. And as a clairvoyant, I'm seeing images all the time and it's no different really while meditating, but I can achieve at least a few minutes of total neutrality before you know, like my eager sensibilities are ready to dial into the energy of the person I'll be um, giving a reading to. But during this meditation, it sort of um, sort of feels like the energy is resting in my head for some reason. So I think I probably most likely just need more practice with it. Now, um, Kundalini meditation, though, is one of my favorites. And there are all different types of Kundalini meditation. And I'm really interested in learning more about more about them, you know, and the fairly new 15 years or so old practice of Kundalini Reiki, um, because I'm expanding my services to include energy healing, which my readings already include to a certain extent. So I mentioned earlier how I'm able to accept, um, accept the emotions of a client and run that energy into the ground and therefore, you know, relieve them of it. But Recently, I've been experimenting with intentionally healing larger, long-standing subconscious patterns um, for clients. And I feel like Kundalini Reiki, at least um, what I know about it thus far, falls along the lines of what I'm doing. Um, But what I've heard, though, is that healing done by Kundalini Reiki tends to be more short-lived in comparison to, uh, I think it's pronounced UC Reiki the traditional form of Reiki healing. Um, Although I feel, you know, Kundalini Reiki is definitely a good place for me to start. So hopefully our guest who will be joining us shortly um, will have more insight into the different types of Kundalini meditations and what they do and possibly, you know, hopefully knows a bit about um, Kundalini Reiki. But at the basic general level, Kundalini meditation activates the energy centers within the body allowing one to experience altered states of consciousness. Um, So I began, you know, experiencing or using this type of meditation before I knew it was a thing. But my daily meditations now seem to be some type of, you know, just kundalini meditation straight up. There are no specific poses I reach for, however. I just get into a quiet, comfortable position. And I often say to myself, you know, like, okay, show me what I need to see for the day. Um, Then I close my eyes and begin taking in deep breaths and focusing on that breath flowing through my body. Sometimes it takes a little longer for like the fun to begin. So to speed things up, I will visualize myself facing away from from me and then stepping to the side, leaving only an outline of my body. But after I do that, I do nothing. You know, I just continue breathing and allow myself to be taken or shown what I need to see. And that has been so many things. So I've been placed inside my own body during meditation, inside my chakra system, um, inside, you know, different, different landscapes, right? So, you know, once I was um, uh, inside the ocean among sea creatures, actually often I, I tend to go there. Um, I've sat as a mermaid at the edge of a black sand beach at night, peering up at the moon. I've been taken into the desert and the mountains. So 
like I said, all different types of landscapes. Sometimes I'm flying through the sky with birds, sometimes through space, circling the stars and the planets, you know, and sometimes on top of the clouds. And twice recently, I was taken completely above the clouds into other dimensions. Um, but through this process of just saying, you know, show me what I need to see for the day and pulling breath through my body. I've been able to visit so many places, receive so many images and messages and experience some really high frequencies, some of which have been a little overwhelming and startling. Uh, but this method, you know, I continue to go back to, I feel like there's so much to always explore and it has definitely heightened my psychic abilities. So in those earlier stages of developing my psychic abilities, information used to come more so to me in dreams. They were really vivid dreams, though, that often included an animal or many animals. So with that, I started to actually set the intention of dreaming before I went to sleep. And by that, I mean, I would just say, you know, all right, I'm going to sleep now. Please let me have a dream that explains or answers whatever it was that I wanted to know about. Um, but then I decided that I didn't have to wait until I was going to bed to receive these answers and that I could receive them while meditating. Um, but at that time, the process looked very much for me like taking a cat nap. So I would lay down in what's called the corpse pose, although I didn't know that term at the time. And I would just take deep breaths. I'd focus on those breaths and on relaxing my muscles. And I would uh, just continue to do that until noise around me dimmed and turned off altogether. And then I knew I was falling asleep. And within a very short span of time, about 15, 20 minutes or so, I'd wake up with the symbolic answers to the questions to the questions I asked or to my curiosities. Now, of course, this didn't happen every time, you know, but definitely it happened more often than not. Um, another time I experienced something that's kind of hard for me to for me to describe. I had been driving all day and was um, was just really tired. So I pulled into this parking lot, um, put the seat back, took deep breaths, relaxing my muscles as I did for the type of sleep meditation I was I was doing then. And within moments, I was in this state where it almost felt like um, what's called sleep paralysis. You know, although I wasn't trying to wake up. Now, sleep paralysis tends to happen when you first wake up, but your nervous system is still asleep. So it's like you're not able to move anything, and it can be really scary. Um, I've got some insights, and you know, on, on another episode, I'll I'll be happy to share those. But um, again, I was in the parking lot, right, in the state that I don't remember ever being in before, and I know what a cat nap or being asleep you know, being asleep, but not in a deep sleep feels like, and this just felt different. There was nothing frightening about it though. I could hear outside noise, although it was faint. And I remember moving my eyes around and thinking like, wow, this must be how hypnosis feels because it felt, I felt like I could tell myself anything right then and believe it, you know? So I just did my best to observe what was happening. Um, and then not too long after I woke up completely feeling feeling rested, like I had actually fallen asleep, you know, it was just really a quite trippy, <laughs> trippy experience to say the least. Um, but, you know, I'd like to talk to you quickly about guided meditations and visual visualization meditations. Um, as I'm sure you know, this, 
this list that I'm sharing with you, like, of course, it's not all encompassing, encompassing, right? There are so many types of meditations, and I just wanted to share a few of those types with you and my favorite ones and one I, ones I use often. Um, but guided meditations can, they can just be words, you know, someone's soothing voice speaking to you and hopefully loving and positive words that usually address a particular aspect, such as releasing negative emotion or subconscious blocks or attracting love. The intention behind them is to disrupt, as Dr. Lippian mentioned, right, to disrupt that running cape of the subconscious mind. Um, with visualization meditations, the intentions are the same, but we are, we are asked to imagine, you know, to visualize, to picture certain things. Um, these types of meditations are, from what I understand, more recent. And, you know, I just get so excited about them because there's like so much that a person can do when creating them and so many benefits to using them. I actually started using visualization meditations when I worked with this um, with this conscious um, consciousness mentor who was extremely significant to me, aligning what I needed to align to start offering psychic readings. Her meditations were, they were quite simple yet effective. You know, they were short meditations and were usually just her guiding me with her words through an exercise or clearing my, of clearing my aura or activating the chakra system, for example, or doing a body scan for stuck energy and clearing it, or even, you know, just playing around with and connecting to the universal energies of the elements. Um, these meditations, you know, they didn't even include music that I remember, although her more involved meditations definitely did. So her past life meditation, you know, there was there was music playing behind it. Um, and that past life meditation was mostly for healing, uh, healing karmic energy. And so people do some fantastic things with visualization meditations. It's one of the tools that works so well when healing ailments and chronic diseases. But, you know, the process itself is simple, right? You use the power of your imagination and imagine a healed liver, for example. You know, all the cells repaired, it functioning as it should. Whatever it is, you know, that a person needs who is suffering from liver failure and you set aside the time to picture that image daily consistently and you breathe it into existence and you breathe healing light into your body. Um, but of course, there are other things at play. Right. So if you understand if you understand that your liver is failing, you do the meditations, but you don't change your diet or your habits that cause the failure, then there's a good chance that it's just not going to work, right? Um, just like if you do the meditations, but don't actually believe that it's going to work and your belief in not in, in it not working is stronger than anything else, then, then it's not gonna work for you. You know, being open to making changes and believing are definitely key. Um, I offer my clients as a part of one of my reading options, visualization meditations that address uh, their specific vibrational needs. And so I started off offering this service, um, which didn't include music, you know, and this option now includes music, but um, more specifically by neural beats, which have, which have been around for centuries in the broader sense, um, but around about 100 years or so in this form. So by neural beats are an entrainment method that helps to rewire the brain by slipping into trans-like it's slipping into a trance-like state, which is achieved um, 
through the repetition and consistency of the beats. So there's so many beats per second and different frequencies. And the deeper you get into it, the more scientific it becomes. Um, so of course, you know, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go too far into it, into it, but I will note the five core brainwave categories used in binaural beats. And they are Delta for deep sleep, um, for deep sleep, healing, and access to the unconscious mind. There is theta for realm sleep, meditations, which, you know, covers like meditations in general, creativity and relaxation. There is alpha for positive thinking and accelerated learning. There is beta for focused attention, problem solving and analytical skills. And you've got gamma for, for memory recall, um, transcendental states and um, heightens, heightened information processing. So letting a beat that's associated with the Delta brain wave just play instrumentally while you sleep can help a person heal a deep-rooted trauma. Or playing an instrumental meditation in a classroom that correlates to the beta brain wave, you know, while children work on math can help them understand the concepts easier. Or, you know, just laying a track of binaural beats that connects connects to a specific chakra because they can do that too. You know, so laying that track behind a guided meditation um, can be extremely effective in accelerating the process of activating and healing that chakra. So offering these types of meditations to my clients um, that are especially designed for them, you know, that speak to their specific block or issue actually requires that I tune into their energy during a reading beforehand. So in those meditations, I um, I even use specific language or words that have come up during our reading, you know, so it's a very individualized thing. Um, but I'm in the process um, of recording several meditations that I've received mostly while doing that type, that type of Kundalini meditation that I use often. And those are not as specific, of course, and can be used by many people and will be available for purchase within a month or so through my website. Um, so I've, you know, I feel like I've gone on <laughs> for quite some time here and there's still so much more, um, to cover. So, you know, of course we're going to continue, but I'd love to hear from our, from our guest, um, Catherine, we're just waiting here for, uh, for her, for her to join us. Um, and I'll go ahead and introduce her, but, you know, Kathleen Lorraine is a, women's spiritual empowerment coach, um, yoga and meditation professional, um, a women's retreat facilitator and a higher self expert. You know, so she has practiced meditation and yoga since she was a young child. Um, and she will hopefully soon be joining us to share some of her wisdom on the topic. And I'm just going to check here to see if she is ready. Oh, not quite. Okay. So while we're waiting on, while we're waiting on Catherine, I guess we can just discuss a little more about those binaural beats, you know? So often when I, um, before I go to sleep, I will I choose one Catherine off of YouTube. On line one. I think she is. Okay. So Catherine, are you on line one? Are you there, hon? Yep. I'm here. Can, can you oh, hear me? Great. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. How are you? Good. I've been here, so I'm glad it showed up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I am too. Awesome. I'm so happy you could join 
you can join me. Join us today to share your insights on meditation. I'm really excited to hear um, to hear what you have to say. So feel free to just you know jump in. Correct me if I've said anything that's that sounds a little off about no. it. Uh, um, go ahead. Everything you've said so far has been wonderful. I've loved listening to it. So just thank you. Okay. Great. Thank you so much. Um, I'd really like to hear. Can you just tell us a bit about the types of meditations that you use and that mm -hmm. you teach? Sure. So the meditations that I use in my yoga classes or with my private clients, even in coaching, they definitely stem from what the person is looking for. But when I was first taught to meditate, I didn't, like you, I was doing things that I didn't have the terms for. Mm -hmm. And I was very much using the power of breath and meditation or breath and imagination to allow okay. myself when I was going through a traumatic event to really find peace and that higher self, the part of us that's beyond fear. And I didn't know what I was doing, but it was by bringing full absorption into my moment, into the mind, into this place of stillness that I was able to connect with a deeper knowing. So when I first start meditation with with the people that I'm working with, I really like to emphasize that, first of all, like you said, meditation is innate, and everyone actually has done it over and mm -hmm. over and over again. They probably just didn't have the name for it. And I like to start with something that they really enjoy, and a meditation form that I've used before, it's, it's called a bhavana meditation, where I'll have them go into a memory. So we'll take on this memory that evokes some strong emotion, usually one of love or joy, mm -hmm. a time when they felt like this is what life is all about. And what's so cool is anytime the mind thinks of something, right, it doesn't know the difference between what's real and what you're picturing in your own head. So instantly right. the body's reacting to this, this time when you felt love, joy, um, depending where you go. So I bring them into this experience where they're fully immersed in this memory but I like to have a somatic experience as well. So I'll have their body yes. moving in it too. Mm -hmm. And just breathing and going deeper into it. And we'll let the mind kind of do its thing. Because yes, one way to meditate is to stop our thoughts. And I noticed how you said too, if, you're, if you have sensitivities, if you're a more empathic person or you're connected to different realms, it can be so hard to turn off all the stimulus. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> another thing I actually, I, I invite people to do is like, I want you to just actually be aware of what the stimulus is without judging it. There's this definition mm -hmm. that meditation, it's, it's awareness of your thoughts without judgment. It's not making the mind stop. It's just going into that witness perspective and being like, oh, like this is what's coming in right now. And without judging it or making a story or clinging on to something, you just watch it do its thing. And so yeah. in this and a meditation, we'll be like, all right, where does the mind want to go? What other memories does it want to show you? And so... I think another benefit is we're not damning the ego. We're not damning the cycles of the mind or the monkey mind. It's actually showing how powerful our mind is, how beautiful it is, and the good it can cause us when we intentionally direct it. And there can be some chaos, too. There can be some stimulus. There can be a little bit of everything going on. I work with a lot of people with, um, I actually was um, told I have attention deficit disorder. I don't believe in that term. I actually right. think it's very much a gift. It's about having those extra sensory, you know, there's always stuff coming in. 24-7, mm -hmm. I've got stuff coming in. And so instead of fighting it, 
I've learned to kind of separate from it and direct it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So this Baha yeah, meditation yeah, is one that I love to start with. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds fascinating. Can you pronounce that? Can you say that name again for us? Yes, yeah, the name Bhavana. of the meditation. It's it's called a Bhavana meditation, and if you look up the term, you'll see a few different definitions. It's a Sanskrit term, so you'll see a few different definitions of it. Right? Okay. Um, okay. So this is just how I was taught the term to be, and to me, it's just like this emotional recall. It's deciding uh-huh. what do I want to feel right now, and how can I allow the mind and body to experience it fully. Um, I use this a lot of yeah. times, too, if I have clients that have been in a lot of sadness. They've been in a lot of mm-hmm. depression, and maybe they forgot what joy feels like. Maybe they forgot what love feels like, and it feels so good to know that we actually can redirect that and go back into it. Yeah, that's interesting you say that. I actually do uh, do a similar thing when I... Um, when I'm feeling, you know, just in low spirits about something. So if I've if I followed mm-hmm. a thought and it's not feeling good and I need to redirect it, then I'll do a similar thing and say, okay, it's almost like conjuring up the emotion, you know, so that you can sit in it yeah. and remember. Yeah, and I, I love that. And it's so effective. It really is. Um, mm. So fascinating. So So what are your... You know, like, what would you like to share about Kundalini meditation? Is this t- this a type of meditation that you practice or teach at all? So I do, yes, I do practice Kundalini, and I do actually put it into my yoga classes. Okay. And I was listening to when you were talking about earlier because the Kundalini, Kundalini Reiki I have never done, so I won't touch on that. Okay. Mm-hmm. But in Kundalini. Um, especially for people that are new to Kundalini. And if you haven't tried it, I highly suggest going to a class because they are incredible. But it's really working with the chakra system, working with these energy vortices that we have within our body and Mm -hmm. balancing them out, opening them up, or maybe even tuning some of them down. Um, So when I work, um, right now I actually have a whole chakra system or like a chakra reset that I did of Mm -hmm as a daily guided meditation to work with each chakra. And what I found is because I do mostly work with women, but with men too, we tend to have blockages in ones more than others. And many of them, basically when one blocks up, another one will be very open and it can cause physical ailments. It can cause emotional pains and challenges. And I think most importantly, if we don't take the time to really go to the root of our problem, which Mm-hmm. many times can be found in these chakra systems, we constantly are running into them over and over and over again. So what has been so beneficial for working with Kundalini for myself and with others is really taking the time to start at the source and using the breath, mind, and body all together to clear these places that, you know, there's toxic energy still stuck from past traumatic memories or mm-hmm. experiences or even belief systems, like you were saying, like what we believe is so important. And if we have these limiting beliefs, it might turn up in having these, I mean, the physical elements is usually I find where it starts. People are having physical problems in the same places and we'll go into wherever that chakra is. So let's say they have problems with money. That's a big one. You know, fear of Mm -hmm. lack, fear of of having scarcity in their life. Usually Mm -hmm. it's a root chakra thing. Usually at one point in their life, um, they didn't feel safe or protected for. They never felt nourished. So we Mm -hmm. actually have to go all the way back and say, okay, you're safe now. 
that old fear yeah. is no longer true. And we start there with rewiring those neural pathways so they can feel yeah. safe once again. And then the physical benefits tend to come in time as well as things start to set in. Right. But right. it goes all the way up through all seven chakras to different things. Yeah, I find that um, it's usually, uh, I don't want to use that word chronic, but well, I, I guess something that's ongoing mm. for for a person. So if you tend to have, um, you know, problems around the root chakra, so like safety, security, you know, um, yeah. being stable or feeling that way, it, teems, it tends to come up repeatedly you know, throughout life, yeah. um, almost as a sort of core issue or some kind of um, large mm-hmm. lesson that you have to have to work through, you know, just ongoing. Um, I know the root chakra for me is one of the big ones. And so you said um, a chakra, one will be closed, where, whereas another one will be really big and open. And so my really big and open one is the heart chakra. It's always been that way. Um, but the root mm-hmm. chakra, I've constantly have to do lots of um, lots of work around that. You know, um, but that's definitely where, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask, what do you notice from the very open heart chakra? Because I think there's a lot of, and I don't want to assume, there's a lot of information on closed chakras, but I'd be curious to know, like, what do you notice from the very open heart chakra, if you don't mind sharing? Well, what do I notice from the very, uh, let's see. So definitely, um, you know, an empath, I feel. Like empathic people have mm-hmm. those um, really open heart chakras um, because they're constantly absorbing yeah. and absorbing and trying and taking on other people's stuff and their worries and their baggage, you know, and trying to fix it and fix it. Um, and, and what else? Just lots of, I feel like heavy emotions though, but that's all, it's all connected, you know? So really, um, yeah. there can be like that sort of uh, scale of, you know, really flying high with good feelings, but then also that sinking depression, you know, like you, there's a tendency mm-hmm. for that, I feel. Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel, yeah, I'd have to maybe think about it a little more. But what do you notice, you know, because I'm sure that you've had, got your eyes to it, right? Yeah, I, I definitely resonate with the the empathic ability. I mean, for, but I will say for a long time, I think actually my heart was very closed because of it almost because mm, it was okay. very open as a child and it, it so much trauma happened to me that I just shut it down. I shut yeah. it down for a very long time to the point where I was so emotionally disconnected um, mm-hmm. that I, I didn't cry for years. Um, oh, yeah. wow. And so okay. it's another big thing I'm into is now my, you know, the more empathic traits that I have and the more psychic tendencies I have now, that's still something, even though it's always been there, I'm, slowly allowing myself to go back into that realm because at one point it felt so scary to know things that I wasn't supposed to know or to say things yeah. that people did not want me to say out loud. I'm sure you know where I'm coming oh, from. Yeah. So oh, for yes. a long time, it was like, <laughs> shut it down. This is so not safe. People don't like this. Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah. So for me, it's been a reopening. I think that's why I was so drawn to know, like, what's it like to have this incredibly open heart chakra? Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely. Yeah, I definitely relate to that. And I know that I had to do a lot of work around setting boundaries. Um, And I'm Mm -hmm. still working, you know, the the clear is like my strongest clear that's open is, um, you know, my clairvoyance. Right. 
Um, but then there's yeah. the clairaudience, which is the ability to hear and even clairgustance, you know, to taste. Sometimes I get certain tastes. The one, though, I, I have a little fear around is still clairsentience, which is the ability to feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and and mm-hmm. it's because of all of that trauma and, and sort of, you know, like really being just wiped out empathically. Um, for so long before I had those boundaries set in place. And so little by little, you know, I open it up and I open it up and I, I try to work on it. But I do see, though, it's like even through medi- even while in meditation and I'm like, OK, let's open up that clear sentence. I'm about to go into a reading, mm-hmm. you know, and it's always enriched if you can if you can feel feel what they're feeling, you know. Um, and yeah. so for that reason, I definitely I just want it open. Um, but I still like there's trepidation in my heart. Like I can feel it, you know, it's like, oh, shoot, you know, how much do I open up um, because of that? Yeah. I'm, there's there's such a such a fear still there for me of, of being being sort of wiped out and taken on, taken on too much, although I have the tools now, you know, so it's like I don't even mm-hmm. need the fear. Like I know what to do with it now, but but it's still there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Um, so what do you with your meditations, do you at all um, do anything with with music? You know, so there's always different types of ways that we can meditate and meditations that we use. So, yeah. So, what do you what would you like yeah. to share about that? So, oh my, meditation to music. So I, I was saying how when I was little, I didn't know I was meditating, but I was using my imagination, and it was actually because mm-hmm. I couldn't sleep because of all this sensitivities that were going on. I mean, my mind was out of control when I was little, especially, and especially at night when things were just, the energy was active. I was, oh, didn't know what to do so that my imagination would help. And then music, music is my absolute love. Um, I have this strange, and I'm sure a lot of people feel this where it's just, it's so almost too important to me sometimes. But I've used mm-hmm. that as one of my tools. And I think this is what's so cool about meditation is you use what you love. Whatever you love, yeah. whatever you you can do naturally that you can just put yourself into. And it's like, put me there and I'll be there all day. That is meditation. Yeah. And yeah. when I first tell people to try to find a practice, I'm like, find one you love. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be blissful and beautiful. If, if sitting still and oming doesn't feel good, that's not yours. And that's okay. Right. There's no right. way to do it wrong. Just trust your heart. And for me, music if I put a song on that speaks to me, like that mm-hmm. is absolutely my meditation. And I, I love binaural beats, but I, I honestly, I just love songs because they, songs are so incredible because of the frequency that they're on. I mean, mm-hmm. they can, they can change our vibration in a second. And that's why I think it's right. so potent about music is a singer that those certain tones, I mean, your whole state changes. So when I do a meditation to music, and a lot of time my, my yoga classes too, I'll actually not even, I, I'll tell them, I won't give them any postures and I'll just mm-hmm. have them flow. Cause again, that somatic experience is so important. So when I'm listening to music and meditating, when my students are doing the same, I just let my body do its thing. I allow myself to be so in it and really not give a damn if anyone's looking type of thing, because it's one yeah. of the most freeing experiences out there and if you've gone to festivals if you've gone to concerts and you've just been immersed in it that is meditation a hundred percent that is your higher self mm-hmm. being who you really are like embodying this physical being and i just think it's one of the most powerful ways to meditate because of just the the potency it has on the body and mind 
So I'm, I'm all yeah, I, I get very excited even just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, I love the way you say that. I mean, music uh, for many, right? You know, it's just a, a really big influence. Um, I even have this way with my higher self of there will be a mu- there will be a song that I hear that plays, you know, um, and it'll mm-hmm. it'll be the indication of where I am vibrationally. So if the lyrics are not feeling good or the tune, I'm like, all right, time to change mm-hmm. the song, you know. And so, yeah, it's really it's really fascinating, you know, the what music what music can do and meditation, you know, coupled with that um, and how powerful it is for sure. And this is where too, like mantra too. I, I one of the first um, at one point when I was going through a very hard phase in my life, mantra meditation became very important. This is also when I was immersing myself into kundalini. And what I love about the kundalini practice is there's mantra. And so mantras are these these phrases. And they can be in Sanskrit, but they can also be English. It could just be, for a long time, my mantra was everything is perfect. And I would Mm -hmm. just say it over and over. And I actually say mantra to my favorite songs. Like I'll turn on literally like a David Bowie song and just say the mantra and dance to it for the entirety of the song. And my state is completely different than however it started. And what's so yeah. beautiful is, like you said, it just it starts playing in my head. Like whenever that negative thought comes in, when that fear comes in, when my breath is getting tight, that mantra starts up again. That song will start up again. Literally, a mm-hmm. lot of my uh, messages from my higher self come in song. Like that's just, I think, yeah. that's how it knows to speak to me. So I've learned mm-hmm. to really embrace that. And it's just such a joyful experience. Um, and I think whenever we have those limitations on what meditation is, that's when we stop ourselves from having just that expansive joy that's possible. Because, again, I think meditation is whenever you're fully in something, when your Mm -hmm. attention is absorbed onto your body, onto the song, onto the moment, that's meditation. Yeah. It's very simple. Yeah, I really like that. Mm -hmm. I like that. Um, But you're so right about those songs, right? They just come in. I remember um, it's been many times when I'm giving a reading and I'll actually – hear the song playing, right, and I'll let the person know, but it's almost, yeah, it's like yeah. the lyrics, the tune, the feeling, like it just um, speaks to, you know, exactly what's going on mm-hmm. in that reading at that moment. It's, it's amazing how that happens and how our, so how cool. our bodies, like our, yeah, yeah, um, definitely, for sure. So what, what else, because you have so, you have a lot going on, you've got, you've got, Lots happening in your title, even. <laughs> so I'd like to hear more. Yeah, I know. Um, that thing is yeah. way too long. I apologize. It's <laughs> um, so, okay. So, so you right say you now, are a higher self. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, what were you going to say? No, I said, um, you said, or you said that you call yourself a higher self expert as well, right? Um, so I'm just curious as to as right. to what you do, you know. I would say, and with the higher self expert, it's still like, it feels weird to say that out loud, but I think something I had to embrace early on was my my greatest strength as a coach is mm-hmm. I'm able to see others as their higher self. There's something where, and I think I've always had this even as a friend, where um, people would express, like, I can just be myself around you. Like, it, and it's in a very pure way of, I'm just so comfortable around you. I can be exactly who I want to be around you, and it feels really good. And what mm-hmm. I've been able to do in coaching is people will come to me where they don't like themselves at the time, or they're going through some shit, excuse my 
sorry, my yeah. language. Um, but they just, something is going on, right? And they can't even see who they really are. But for whatever reason, because I, I do believe our higher self, it's, it's who we are without fear. It's this essence. It's this soul that every single person has. And nobody actually knows better what they need for themselves than themselves. So in my right. sessions, my role is to guide them to hear their own wisdom. My role is for them to feel so safe and, and so, I guess, seen on a level that maybe they've never been seen before, that they can show up as who they really are. And they can feel it in their body. They can hear the wisdom that comes out of their mouth. And they can right. see what's possible when they know that just that essence of themselves. So truly for me, the higher self-expert it's more my ability to bring it out in anyone. I'm willing mm -hmm. to talk to any single person and find a way to allow them to have that platform. I think that's just so deeply part of my calling. And it's also mm -hmm. what, you know, saved my life in many ways that I got to discover this part of me. So I, I think okay. that's, um, if there was an essence of what I do, it's anything to bring out the higher self in others. Whatever that will be, I'm going to go there. Whether mm -hmm. it's music or, um, you know, in-person coaching, yoga, online, um, and right now, the things I have going on is I have a group coaching experience coming up um, January 23rd on Tuesday. And that's going to be very intimate. You know, there, there's going to be, it's all women. It's, mm -hmm. We're looking at different numbers right now, but we might split up the group. There's probably about 10 women in each group, but we're going to be meeting weekly and doing these live video chats where we're connecting and we're having these raw, real conversations. And I think what's really cool about the higher self is when we start forming relationships with others where we also are aware of this higher self, we, we're just different to others. We, we treat each other differently. We, we see them differently. Instead of the jealousy, the comparison, the gossip that maybe happens in lower frequency friendships, we're okay. brought to this place of this is who you really are and I'm going to see you new in each day and I'm going to pull you yep. forth to your best self. Because we're connected. Like, we, we really feel that connection. So what I really feel strongly about is in these group coaching sessions, as we come together as women and we talk about these very real topics of, of energy, of the higher self, of making decisions, of changing our lives, of transformation, we're also learning how to hold a space for one another that's unlike anything we've ever had before. So we can show mm -hmm. up as our potential. Yeah. So that's, that's yeah. the group coaching, and, and then I also have a retreat in Panama that's all women again. I'm very called to the divine feminine <laughs> and women, and, yeah. and mm -hmm. just knowing what that is and, and having these strong relationships with sisters because it's unreal when it happens in a place that is really on a higher vibration. Yeah. So in terms of your um, – so do you mostly – always work with women. Um, so I'm thinking about your um, different meditation classes. And so are they mostly women also? So for med like my live classes, um, mm -hmm. or even I've done, I have coached men and I, I'm okay. always open to coaching whatever, what anyone identifies as. And even mm -hmm. with Awaken the Divine Feminine and even with these sacred spaces and discovery and body, my group coaching, I wouldn't mm -hmm. turn away a man either. It's it's just the idea, can we embody the traits of the feminine while we're mm -hmm. in this experience together? So if we can be open, raw, and real, right? If we're harnessing our sexual energy towards a place that's for self and not, you know, directed at others, because yeah. I, I love sexual energy. I'm all about talking about everything 
that there's to be talked mm-hmm. about, but it's like, what's our intention behind it? And a lot of yeah. times, or I would say my, my number one thing is that it feels safe and secure so people can just open up their hearts and be raw, as raw yeah. as possible. Um, so anyone that would be willing to join that is always welcome. And I've held workshops where men have come to these women coolest, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's incredible because they already know. Yeah. They, they, they know the deal. They're walking in the door. Right. This is what's right. expected of you, and they show up, and it's incredible. Yeah. So it is yeah, open I, to that, absolutely. I feel like men, you know, men being um, being drawn to your classes that are mostly women or e- even um, readings, for example. It's like most of my clientele, they're women, you know. And so I mm-hmm. truly appreciate when a man shows up who is – because they're not going to show up if they're not open and willing and, like, you know, ready to evolve in some kind of way. Um, they just – they won't. Yeah. Um, but the men who do show up, they always are, they're just ready. Like, okay, you know, let's do this. Let's, you know, get a handle on these blocks so I can understand what's going on. And they're all about it. And I, I mean, but it is something special, you know, it's like, I feel like, uh, it's just this really, a uh, really special treat. You know, when I have a reading with a man, it's like, oh yeah, there's another one, right. You know, allowing themselves mm-hmm. to just be open. Um, and it's, it's a really just wonderful thing to witness. For sure. I agree. Yeah. So, all right. Thank you so much for your time today. It has been great getting to know you. And I'll be checking out your website, hanging out there, seeing what's going on, seeing how I can be involved because I like what you're doing. Um, It sounds. Uh, Thank you. I would love that, Jessica. And this is so awesome. I love what you're doing too. This is is incredible. Oh, thank you so much. All right, hon. I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, you guys. So what a fascinating conversation with Catherine, Catherine Lorraine. Be sure to, um, you know, check out her website. The, the link is in the comment section on, on my page, on uh, Magic Monday's um, show page. Um, but really, that is, that is all for today's Magic Monday, you know. And if you have a show topic, you'd like me to discuss, feel free to leave it in the comment section. And every third Monday of the month, starting February, I'm opening the lines up to to those who'd like a totally free live mini psychic reading on the air. You know, I will also be teaching classes at the Awakenings Wellness Center starting next month, and that's in Portland, Oregon. Um, And these classes... Thank you so much for being here and be sure to tune in every Monday at 5 p.m. on Station 2. To learn more about my upcoming events and classes and to experience a reading for yourself, visit my website at readings.missjdu.ca and I'll talk with you soon.